Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, <laughs> Right, let's start again. So we we need to introduce the show. So what? Any ideas? Yeah, I could do this. Welcome to the writing community chat show. (laughs) Ah, but it's singing again. What about like a a rock version of that? Welcome to the writing community chat show. (laughs) Oh, brilliant! Do you know what, Sonic? We'll just stick some sound effects in there. Yeah, just do that. The truth shall set you free. Oh, baby. Peanuts, get your peanuts here. Awesome. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Indie Wednesday show. Uh, first of all, last week was WCCS Fest and it is now finished, which is very sad. Um, however, it was fantastic and we had some amazing authors on. And I just want to say thank you so much to every single person that was involved with that show, whether you were a guest on the show or someone who just, uh, you know, um, came and talked to us or sent us wonderful messages because there were plenty of those. So thank you so much for being part of that, whichever way you were part of that. Um, and also on this show today, uh chris hooley is still moving house and um waiting for his internet to be reconnected and all that good stuff so the silver lining to that was if you watched last week's show or the week before even um we had guest host ross young on the show and it was fantastic because it gave us a whole new perspective and a new way to engage writing community members on the show directly so they are guest hosting with us throughout this uh indie wednesday show segment from now on and today i have author of behind blue eyes it is the wonderful Anna Mosicat. Hi. Hello, Hi, Anna. Hey, I'm How so you... glad you invited me. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's wonderful to have you on the show. And it's this uh, last week on Friday, um, the live show that we did, you missed mm-hmm. a treat, I think, because... Yeah, I, I yeah, I couldn't. A friend called me and it was an emergency. I had to pick her up because yeah. her car broke down. So. Oh, no. Yeah, that that had priority. <laughs> it was it was kind of a, an hour show, uh, supposed to be an hour show that ended up a two and a half hour show. Um, wow! So it kind of went a bit wild, and you know, I think drinking was probably a part of the reason why. <laughs> uh, but it was fantastic, a great way to finish off um, WCCS Fest, which finished on Sunday with Ash Knight's interview, 
Um, so if you haven't seen or listened to any of those shows, go back and do so because they've been fantastic. Um, so just before we start off, and you know the procedure now, we have a new um, sponsor type thing going on the show. And if you haven't seen the Beer Token book promotion, uh, go check out our pinned tweet. Um, in fact, they may have changed that. May have changed that. So if it's not there, you'll see it around. Don't worry, I'll share it. But basically, someone sponsors the show to have the. If you're watching this on YouTube, not on the podcast, someone's uh, book cover will be up in the top corner and the details below. If you are on the podcast, by all means, I will share links to that on Twitter anyway. So this week's sponsor, I'm going to shove his book cover up in the top corner now. It's quite hard to see up there because it's quite dark. But the book is called One on One. And this uh, it seems very a very different type of book that most people are used to seeing. And it's very intriguing. And it's something that I think will, uh, if it's especially in the horror or thriller type um, region or you like those books, then this will be one for you to look into. And the beer token appreciation, appreciation is for Michael Kelso. And as soon as I heard that name, I was thinking of uh, that 70s show. Have you seen that, Anna? No, I don't uh, think it's so. Like, it's like a really old sort of comedy series. It's now on Netflix as well. You can watch it on there. But Michael Kelso is uh, one of the actor or character roles in there. Um, and his book, like I said, it's called One on One. And anger is a disease and uh, revenge is not the cure. A good little hook that is. And okay. Someone's review. It made me think. It made me squirm. It made me swallow my Adam's apple. Made me grin. <laughs> made me uncomfortable. And didn't stop the whole time. And that was just a very start of a very long review. So that is a great, um, uh, you know, a good insight into what that book is will give you a feel of. And that is available on Amazon paperback and ebook as well. So please check that out and look in the show's description notes and you will find a links to that book. So thank you very much. And in homage to your beer sponsor, I have a lovely Brecon Blonde beer uh, from, from Wales. And Anna's got her own drink as well. There. So uh, it's, you... it's only it's only 2 p.m. here in South Carolina, but <laughs> what the hell, right? I mean, I'm invited on the best podcast show on the internet. So that's oh. definitely, definitely a reason to have a nice vodka lemon. Well, that's a very nice lemonade. Oh, really? Cheers. Yes, cheers. And I poured that terribly. Uh, and if you're watching, oh. I apologize. <laughs> and it looks nice, actually. Yeah, once the bubbles go down. Oh, amazing. So, uh, what's the weather like there? Have you got a nice, that sounds like a nice summer's drink. Yeah, it's really hot, like every day. I mean, today, actually, it's not so hot. We okay. have only, <laughs> we have only, I think, uh, 87. So, that's not so hot for, for ah, August here. So, right. 87, that's, I don't know, in European... Um, 30 something like that that's, so that's still pretty hot yeah that's not so hot here <laughs> <laughs> you normally used to more more heat there um yeah. I, I gotta say i think you know i think we around 25 this weekend is looking like a 25 weekend which is quite hot for us mm -hmm. um, that's true yeah so i would so. like i would like to, to to introduce my assistants who are here as well as promised um we have uh, Batman and Wonder Woman here. They are a little bit grumpy because they don't like being dressed up in uh, in the middle of summer. Here they are. So here wow. we have Batman. Yeah, that's Batman. Hey! Oh wow! Look at that. His name um, is Neo. His name is Neo, but uh, um, today he's Batman. And this is <laughs> and this is the grumpiest Wonder Woman in the world. Here. 
So wow. she hates it. She hates this costume. She's avoiding you at all costs right now. Yeah, she is like, oh. And of course, there is also Yuri, but Yuri doesn't have a costume yet because I got oh. her last year in December. So this year for Halloween, I will get her something. It probably must be a villain costume for her because, yeah, she she definitely needs that. <laughs> she Yuri, can't be a superhero. Yuri needs a writing community chat show costume is what Yuri needs. Oh my God, that would be fantastic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So right now, right now she is really calm and docile here over there. Mm-hmm. napping but i'm sure she will she will come and uh, distract us uh, Fantastic. sometime okay so yeah yeah <laughs> as so, promised here they are <laughs> I, I will have appreciate your, your dogs are fantastically <laughs> in costume for the show i think that's brilliant and if you guys obviously are not watching on the if you're listening on the podcast uh her dogs are actually in superhero costumes which is fantastic <laughs> brilliant Okay, so the, the aim of Indie Wednesday, I'm assuming most of you know what this is. If you haven't seen Indie Wednesday before or listened to it, then it is a place to come and talk about indie issues, uh, answer questions from within the writing community about sort of writing processes and those sort of things, you know, and use our experience between us to give you some good answers that may be helpful. And by all means, if you have alternative answers to those questions, please message the show because we will share those out to everyone so we all get the uh, good advice so anna are you ready as an experienced always. author always uh, to answer ready. some questions excellent yes. excellent um and again classically i've picked some names with terrible twitter names not terrible names but terrible <laughs> for me to pronounce so hopefully anna can help me out with this so the first question do you want can i can i dump this on you anna can you try and pronounce this um, i don't see oh here okay Jean Jean Mar Gal Gal Garibaldi? No, Ga, Gagiladi. <laughs> it's a tough one. So uh, I'll just read the Twitter name so you can find it. At Jean Mer, uh, J E A N M A R I underscore gag. So his question was If you become a famous author, Anna, this is to you, because uh, it's not going to be me, will you still follow people from the writing community back? So why is this for me and not for you? Maybe well, you will be the famous author one day. No, because your books look amazing. and um, I heard and... your book is amazing too. Yeah. But uh, we'll see, we'll see. I don't think a famous author though. I think um, you you may be more that route. And I may be, you never know, a podcast, podcast legend at some stage. Uh, <laughs> earning the big bucks like um, the big podcast guy. I don't even know his name. Uh, so the question, if you were a famous author say living the world like Stephen King uh would you follow people back in the writing community definitely definitely so um for me I mean of course everybody would say that right because people say a lot of stuff and then don't care I met a lot of famous people in, in my life and most of them are assholes and they become like that over the years because they think they are they, they got they get a little bit the the god syndrome but um, for me, I, I always will remember where my roots are, where I come from, who my friends are, who I um, owe a lot because they were very helpful. And I found so many fantastic people here in the writing community. Even if I would become the new Stephen King, which will never happen, uh, I would never forget about those people. And what I would do definitely is try to to help out so others have success as well mm, definitely i think that's a 
a very humble approach. And that's something that we've highlighted within the writing community that is a very strong part of the community. Everyone wants to help each other. There is no yeah. one trying to get above each other. And it's, it's a fantastic thing. And certainly since I've been part of the writing community, I am trying to pay back everything that they've given me because it's been a lot. People like yourself, I've reached out to and and just the advice has been fantastic. So I wouldn't be here doing this if it wasn't for the community itself. So I absolutely, I think we've got a lot to, we, we owe it a lot and it's... Yes, definitely. Wonderful people, wonderful people. Yeah. Well, what, what's that? Uh, there's, a, there's a saying somewhere, uh, you know, be, be nice to those on the way up because you might, might well see them on the way back down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You never know. So. Yes, yes, that's but that's really something that so many people forget about. I mean, especially the movie industry is full of bad people, and they once they are up, they will they will just punch and kick down on everyone below them because mm. um, they experience it on the on their way up, and uh, that's how you know it's the same. You, if you. If you, if you abuse a child, the child might become, not necessarily, but might become an abuser once it's a, uh, he's an adult. Mm -hmm. And this is the same with the industry. People get abused so much. And then once they're on top, they will abuse the, the, the little ones. Yeah. So um, that's how it is. But um, the, yeah, I think the, the, writer, the writer's world isn't quite as bad. And uh, the writing community is, is like an oasis. Some of the best advice I've ever been told is not being told directly, but just heard around being being said was just don't be a dick. And uh, every, <laughs> everything's good then, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm going to smash the place up. Okay. So moving on. That's a great question. Uh, thank you, Jean. Uh, Jean May. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, thank you for your question. And the next one. Okay. So uh, go on. You can have this one because it's uh, an easy pronunciation. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Tom Galvin. Uh, his Twitter ha uh, name is at T-H-O-M underscore Gelvin. Um, this, is, this is a loaded question, but what is the biggest thrill you get from your writing? Mm. You start. Okay. Um, biggest thrill from writing. Uh, I've got to say, and... It, I'm assuming a lot of writers might be in this position that I really appreciate when someone takes the time to leave a review of your work. Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's like something just someone says while they're passing or in conversation, but when they give you feedback about certain, and it's, it's even when it's specific, so they give you a certain scene that oh, I really loved when this happened, that is so rewarding and, and confirming of this, of what you believed in as well. So I really think that's the, the biggest thrill for me. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. That's that's really wonderful. That mm. sometimes you know people reach out to you and and say, "Hey, I would like to give you feedback," and they are totally surprised when authors react uh, very positive and and are really happy about it. But I I feel the same as you. If someone goes into detail and starts telling me about this and this character and this and this scene and uh, what they liked about it, that's 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 just wonderful. That um, makes me feel so good because then all the hard work I put into it seems to have have a reason and a value. Mm. I think as any new author sets out, and if you are new and you're listening to this or you haven't quite released your first book yet, the big thing to remember is why all the way through the process, when you get stuck at formatting, and you probably will, or, or something like that, when you're finding it difficult, just to remember why, in fact, you started in the first place, what the process, you know, the reasons behind it and... 
especially when like something that I'm going through at the moment there's been occasions where I've had one or two little reviews that weren't exactly praising they were still praising but they weren't highlighting certain things and um, just to not get hung up on those things and focus on the positives that you started with and I think that will get you through most situations you are you're really spoiled if you only have two reviews that are not so nice <laughs> i have some reviews which are really really mean and um yeah that's what you have to deal with right that's 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 part of the job some, sometimes people will just hate what you do or hate you and will express that in hmm. a not so kind manner so um i think that's a very important tip for for newbies uh, to, to so they don't get upset about it i mean so it's hard but so how do you deal with that as a, as an author that's, you know, going in the right direction? I've seen, you know, many, we've had authors on here that have, you know, well published and they've been on, you've had their books optioned and actually made into productions. And I've seen their books getting slated. You know, these are people that are professional authors that are doing it full time and they're still getting these reviews. So how do you think that people deal with those? Do you think that's is a common, you know, to everybody? Yes, I think that's that's absolutely normal. I mean, if, if I, it's always when when you get a bad review and feel depressed about it, just go to to a famous bestseller and then and then uh, on Amazon and click on the one star reviews and let let Amazon show you what people think about some of the best novels ever written, and you will see there are just stupid people out there who like being mean and. Others just don't get it, and and everybody's different, you know. So some people like this, others like that, and mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think that's always a good cure, and it will always happen. I mean, look at the very famous people; they they sometimes they get they get smashed by critics. Um, there are only very very few who always will be praised by critics mm. but sometimes even the ones who are praised as a genius then they bring out the next book and then the critics will go bam and they somehow have to live with it man it's the weight of the expectation as well isn't it i mean if you've released something that's amazing you know if your first book becomes an amazing book i think it's very difficult then to mm -hmm. bring out another one without fearing for your life because mm -hmm. if you've released <laughs> a steady book uh, you know say five books over say six seven years and each time they've improved and you've gathered a following i think you know it's, it's a good process i think if you release a number one smash hit you'll be wondering what to do next you know because how you know you don't want to hit the top just just that quickly or people want to but in reality you might become be a you might become a one-hit wonder mm. i mean that happens quite often actually i i say there's two kinds of, of artists one is the artist uh, who develops and grows and becomes better and um, uh, then reaches a level of, of creativity of his art um, which is kind of stable and that's that's where where he stays and there are these these shooting stars who pop up out of the nowhere and create something amazing and that's mm. it so they are mm. really like poof it, it's like it's like as if they would bring in all their creative energy they have for for their whole life you know like a bubble in them and this bubble will explode in one thing mm. and then after that they will be mostly empty that really happens quite a lot when you when you look at it so the one hit wanderers mm. appear in music they appear in in literature in movies there are directors who made one fantastic movie and then everything else was total crap and you always wonder why is that well, how can the I'm same person hoping, create that 
I'm hoping mm-hmm. to tick all the boxes. So I've I released the two stories of one series. Now I'm going to go into film uh, screenwriting. So hopefully I'll tick all the boxes of one hit wonders throughout the whole process. So <laughs> we'll have a look in a couple of years, see if I made it. Um, well, if, if you're going into screenwriting, you can always ask me. Oh, uh, I will. I will. <laughs> about the process, the writing process and, and everything else. Well, if you notice the tweet I put out yesterday, uh, I am going to vlog the entire process of screenwriting from an absolute non-experienced screenwriter to the end pro- product and the, through the software I'm doing all that stuff. That will be a vlog available on our YouTube channel. So look out for that if you're interested. It's going to be interesting for me. It's going to be a hard, long learning journey. But, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. So keep an eye out on, on yeah, that. Yeah, I will. And I mean, if you want feedback, I, I can I can give you feedback. I, I I mean, that's what I learned. That's what I studied at film school. So yeah. um, I'm sure I can take a look if you like. I can be yeah, a yeah. script doctor. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you, Tom, for that question. Fantastic. Uh, the next question is from Jeff Richards at o- Ohio, Ohio, 89. Uh, I think that's about the right normal way. Hi, writing community. I have a summer question for you. Hey, uh, what is your favorite barbecue food? <laughs> Slightly off writing uh, topic, but you know, I like it. Go on, Anna. What's your what's your barbecue food? Um, I really like German sausages. I really do. So uh, I miss them, um, and and you get them. I, I'm. I grew up in Bavaria and yeah, you can go to mm. the beer gardens there everywhere and get your German beer and your German sausage and sauerkraut and whatever, pretzels. So that's, that's the kind of barbecue I actually, uh, I actually miss here. Yeah. That, well, that sounds amazing. And you know, we have in the UK, a kind of Christmas market thing that's mm-hmm. nowhere near. I imagine what, what in reality they are like, but you know, it's very famous, the Bavarian, you know, beer festivals and sausages. So one year, one year, maybe we'll get there and uh, we'll have, a, we'll have a <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, I'm a big fan of, of barbecues in general, but I love, uh, my brother-in-law is a chef and he's opened this fantastic restaurant uh, local mm. and he likes to smoke meats. And now I love smoked meats. So like a, a rack of ribs or um, whatever, just smoked out throughout the day and maybe glazed in some rum. I don't know, uh, that sort of thing. So it's a bit of a fancy oh barbecue. God. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 my thank you, uh, Jeff. That's a random, a randomly fun question. Um, okay, Anna, do you want to go for this one? Gabriella Buba uh, <laughs> at uh, Gabriella and B U B A. Um, hey, writing community. Today's uh, writing question: Does your MC have any regrets? Mara regrets mm. fighting with her mother. So Mara is probably her MC. Mm. Um, yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Um, so my story is about uh, a young lady called Daisy who goes on a journey that's kind of very much troublesome and very much involves a lot of up and downs. Don't want to give too much away, but the second book that's out a week, Friday. Oh, um, exciting. It is. It's very exciting because... I I love how this story has evolved and the character's arc as well. So her arc involves some things uh, that kind of go wrong. And I don't want to say what it is because <laughs> I don't want to give away in the story what, what's happening. But one of those things is a big regret for Daisy who felt very connected to this certain character that, 
you know, as a result of her um, coming, I guess, um, ends up in not such a good position. So that's her regret, and I don't, I won't give too much away. So mm, it's always yeah. difficult. Yeah, but that sounds great. <laughs> well, I'm so excited for you. That's so awesome that your next book is coming. Yeah, well, great. As, as an indie author, um, this is something that we've talked about before. It's kind of weird to be releasing a sequel because you don't really know. I mean, when you release your first book, your friends or family are very fond of wanting to support you, but does that support carry? And do people buy sequels when? They have not read the first book. I don't know. And during COVID-19 as well. So there are a lot of factors that are giving me doubt at the moment, but we'll see how that goes. And you never know. It might be a success. You should never have, have doubt. That's something I learned. Doubt is like a, you know, like an ugly little animal, like kind of like gremlin that will always be there and <laughs> bite in your neck and sit there and bite you and ah, that kind of. No, don't listen to doubts <laughs> ever. It, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter how long you, i'm doing this for 20 years and it, i think it the doubts the doubt gremlin will never go away so i am i am forever going to envisage this doubt gremlin that's chomping on my neck from now on i think that's fantastic anytime i get in a situation now where i feel nervous i'm just going to picture this gremlin eating my neck and i think i'll be a good i think that's great and then you just take it off your neck and i don't know take scissors and and uh Cut it a half or something like that. I well, mean, gremlins, gremlins die in, in really horrible ways, I right? I mean, that's, so. that's, the, that's the goth coming out in you, that is, Anna. What's wrong with this? I might just tame the gremlin and just keep him there for fun, you know? Just a bit of advice and my pet on the shoulder. I wouldn't cut it in half. That's a bit harsh. But, but you know. that, that, uh, have you seen the movies? The, uh, the, the, gremlins, the gremlins die in horrible ways, so... Well, they are a bit meant. They are cr a bit crazy in the old Gremlins. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to show you something. So Wonder Woman is now awake and is lying on Batman. Oh, cool. But, yeah, they really, they really, really love each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, the Avengers film coming in. You know. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so should I answer the question too? Yes, please. Um. So I'm going to talk about Behind Blue Eyes because I'm writing uh, and now working on Behind Blue Eyes 2. So I don't want to say anything about this because <laughs> Behind Blue Eyes ends quite with... It's not really a cliffhanger, but it's a very open ending. So I can't okay. really say anything without uh, spoiling the fun. Um, but in Behind Blue Eyes itself, I mean, yeah, the, the, the character... Um, <laughs> It has basically a journey of regrets because mm. um, she's a killer cyborg and she is super tough. And yeah, her job is to hunt down people and kill them. And then um, she meets um, a little girl and um, that's how she starts for the first time uh, doubting and thinking. And then the more she, she gets uh, into this doubt of the whole system, the more she regrets what, uh, what she was doing. And then she decides to stand up against it. And um, I will not say how this ends, but um, definitely regrets are a very important thing in, in my uh, story behind blue eyes fantastic that's a good. great answer thank you uh yeah thank you gabriella for uh for that question and we got a couple more we got we got a few more there uh okay chris honeycutt is editing uh that is his twitter name it's quite a long one and at uh my cdl writer um I'm going to just type these up in the script notes so i won't keep reading them out but I, you'll you can find them there if you want to follow them 
Good morning, writing community. Do you self-publish? If so, why did you choose this route as opposed to traditional publishing? Now, Anna, I know the answer to this question already, <laughs> that you are a published writer. Oh, I'm both. Yes. I am, I am yeah. both, actually. Which is fantastic. And I am uh, self-published. So we have a great uh, range of answer or experience yes. to answer this question. Yes. So can we start with you and for people listening, explain what that means? Um, so I have been... I actually have three experiences I can talk about. I will make it really quick. I have been published by um, back in Germany. I used to publish in German in Germany before I moved to the US. So back in Germany, I was with one of the top five publishers. And I uh, so it was a really big one. And um, I had the experience with them. Then uh, moving here, I uh, chose a uh, smaller publisher for my shadow city series and now the second book with self-promotion here so the second book is coming out uh, on uh, september 17th so very soon uh, so the series is, is, is with them and now behind blue eyes is the first book i published myself self-publishing and this has a very simple reason uh and that is control um mm -hmm. I think the bigger the publisher, the less control you have. You you basically sell your, your book and you sell your soul. And um, then they will do whatever they want. And um, in a big publishing house, there are so many people working on your book. And even if one person screws up something, you will be the one mm. who will pay for it. And they just get their, get their paycheck every month, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that... I personally wasn't happy with the big publisher I was with. So it's much nicer with, with the small publisher uh, because they are way more open and cooperative and you can talk to them about everything. And self-publishing, well, you have full control over everything. And I think that's fantastic. I love it. But of course, you're the only one who can screw up. You can't blame it on <laughs> anyone yeah. else. Well, it's a fascinating extreme that you, you spoke about because a lot of people aim their sole aim is to hit a pub big publisher. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, like you said, there are a lot of complications that come with that. And a smaller publisher does a very similar job, but that small publisher is also trying to make it in the publishing world. So they are much more likely in my eyes to want to propel you forward and gain success with care for, for an author, because a big publisher will already have that ego on their shoulder mm -hmm. who assumes that they're just doing the right thing. They know what the right thing is. They just want to make money. So perhaps if you're going down that route, a small publisher may be a better option to aim for. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to add. Yeah. 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 Please. Go on. No, please. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, so, if I, I would like to add something more about the big publishers. It's true. People aim for them. It's the big dream, right? I had this mm -hmm. big dream, too. And I was very happy when it worked out. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm where I always wanted to be. And... Um, now I went away from it. And one of the reasons also is that if you sign with a big publisher, unless you are for some reason in their eyes, the new messiah of publishing, the new super duper best-selling author, unless you're that person, if you're just, just one author of many in, uh, they mm. have, um, they won't take care of you. You basically have to do all your marketing yourself uh, almost as if you uh, were self-published or, or was a smaller indie publisher. So it's basically only the name of the publisher you have behind you and where well, they send it out to some press and so on. That's, of course, good. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of attention with my books. Um, but um, you really have to, to, to know that, uh, because most don't, that they won't do much for you. You're too costly for them. You're a too, too costly uh, um, investment because mm. they rather put millions into the next Stephen King book or whatever and then the little ones are just crawling there and have the crumbs yeah well that kind of makes sense I mean from a business perspective in the not that I would do that in my if that was my business <laughs> but you know I kind of see why that happens and uh, so if, if you don't know the ones listening that I went down the self-published route completely and now for the same reasons that Anna spoke about well there's two reasons Firstly, yes, you have the control. Uh, and secondly, I didn't... Well, there's three reasons. <laughs> secondly, I didn't want to go and chase a big publisher and send off my manuscript over and over and over again and go down that process. It just wasn't for me. All I wanted to do was release a book and say, I've done this and I'm proud of it. Uh, little did I know when I was writing the first book and released it, I was so in love with the process, I wanted to keep doing it. So when I released my book, I did everything myself and which is why I've had those couple of negative reviews because I didn't pay out massive amounts of money and this was another reason. So finances are a huge aspect uh, that most people don't think about when releasing a book. Now if you're a self-published author there are things to pay for like cover cover creation, uh, editing, proofreading. There are just there's, there's a massive amount of money you know ISBNs there's just tons of things to pay for but there are ways to do it yourself. However, they come with a little bit of a warning that perhaps it could affect your ratings and those sort of things as a result of doing it yourself. So I, I went self-published and I don't really have a, a wanting to go and chase a publisher other than the reason is that, you know, marketing, as Anna mentioned, is quite a hard thing to do without much knowledge or money. So... There are pluses mm. and there are my, uh, negatives to both sides. I would like so to add one one more thing to that. Mm -hmm. If you want to go for a for a publisher, a small, medium, big, whatever, I would I would skip the agent. So I had a, a very famous, successful agent back in Germany, and uh, I on it was a very bad experience, okay. and. Um, 
so I got one of the best you can have. Uh, that's as if you would sign here with one of the top agencies. That's the kind of feeling you have. And it turned out to be really, really a bad experience. So this time I went without an agent and I would recommend that to everyone. Skip the agent. They are telling you that you can't get a publisher without them, but that's a myth. That's not true. <laughs> They do that because they are the gatekeepers. They basically will take 15 to 20% of all your earnings just for one thing. And that one thing is they send your manuscript to the publisher. Okay. And forever and ever, they will get money from you for that. So, so can I ask you, if, if you don't have to answer this because it could be a mm -hmm. personal question, but when you're with a publisher, how much money roughly per book do you make? Do you know? Um. So with my publisher here, it is, I would say fair. It is a fair rate I get. Uh, okay. It is of course not as much as, you, as I get from my self-published book, mm. but with the big publisher in Germany, it was almost nothing what you get per book. It's okay. really, and then the agent gets 20% of it. So, yeah, of course. So that's, that's so, what I was, I was so it's to work really, out. Yeah. Um, you know, cause, self-publishing you get it's not i had no concept of what you could or what you wouldn't make you know with a release of a book or sales but you know with amazon self-publishing you get a couple a couple of quid and out of a whatever price book you make it um which is it's it's all right but you still have to publish it yourself uh, yeah. you know and market it yourself so w when you're with a publisher they may or may not do that for you so th there's there's a lot of things to weigh up so I think yeah. it's very much a trial and error for what you think suits you, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, this obviously is a conversation that could go on for, for a long time. And uh, we will probably go back to <laughs> to this um, again. Another show, uh, you know, is I'd like to hear your success stories in the writing community. If you have any great advice, please, please drop us a tweet and we will have a look at those and maybe talk about them on the show again, because... I think it's a fascinating debate that can go on forever, you know, with authors. And as new authors listen to the show, I think it's valuable information. So thank you, uh, Chris Honeycutt, for that uh, question. I nearly said a rude word then. <laughs> uh, too many T's. Okay, next <laughs> next question. S. Alessandro. And I say Alessandro like that because wasn't it a, a um, what's her name? Lady Gaga song? She says something like Alessandro. Uh, S. Alessandro Martinez. The. Oh, why? Twitter name's fantastic. The, at the underscore Morda underscore Shin. If we were transported into your book, what are some tips you'd give to survive in that world? Stroke story. That's oh, a great question. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. You I, do you know what? Um, <laughs> S. Alessandro Martinez. I'm going to ask you this on air. And I'm going to tweet you about it. Um, I would like to use that question to ask some authors that we have on the show, because I think that's a fantastic question. Mm -hmm. So please uh, answer me that when I want to message you. Ah, oh, so <laughs> if they were transported into my world. Wow. Um, well, there's, there's a uh, private military organization that's doing experiments in the desert uh, on humans. It's completely illegal. And they create, they're trying to create super soldiers, basically, and it goes wrong uh, to a point where an infection spreads in, you know, kind of the fast, crazy, scary zombies uh, are released. Uh, mm. All the while, 
yeah, so they, they are closing in desperately fast on the city where Daisy is trying to find her father and escape. Uh, so, you know, it's against the time. So you need to be quick because um, obviously the city's in chaos. They know what's coming. So everyone's panicking and trying to escape a city that's only got one way in, one way out, which is kind of crazy to think about. But so you need to be quick. You need to be witty, knowing what's going on with people, you know, because they act weird when things like that are happening. And um, uh, without too many too many clues, you need to be a good climber. So you know, oh my god, truth... I, I I would so die. <laughs> <laughs> the climber truth has a has a real meaning in the story. I'm so dead in your story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because if you don't get out um, in time in this story, then you are gonna not end well either way. <clears throat> regardless of the monsters coming for you there's there's a bad end to the story i need so. to read your book really i really really <laughs> i have it i have it on my i have it on my kindle i have it yeah. on my tbr uh so i need what's, to, what's a TBR? to push it <laughs> no I, I i won't fall for that uh <laughs> no honestly i have no idea is there a joke there i don't know what to be read list you know oh that, tbr i thought you yeah. said tbr i'm so sorry yeah, yeah, see, see again. That's the same like with the panther last time. I fell for that. <laughs> yeah, but I, no, that wasn't a joke. I love. I okay, I tell everybody I'm a panther now. There's no such word as panzer in my dictionary. Yeah, I totally, I totally ran into that. But <laughs> so, so in the world of the cyborgs, um, how do you survive their world? Because uh, you mentioned that she comes to kill everybody. Well, well, yeah. So there is only one rule don't mess with the cyborgs don't get on their bad side because you definitely won't survive it there is no mm. chance for you to survive against them because they are um um they are 60 percent machine and 40 percent human they are mm. 10 times faster 10 times stronger than you so um nephilim can snap your spine just like that with her fingers or lift up a car if she wants and you can't even escape uh, um, in a car because they are so fast and they have drones which can fly and can transport Ugh. them you will not escape there is no chance they have been designed as this uh, revealed in the book relatively soon that's why i can say it they have been designed designed to hunt down and kill humans and there is this uh, scene where uh, Metatron, the bad guy, explains why they, they need them and can't just use AI, um, you know, androids or whatever, because mm. they have them too. And he says, only a human mind can understand a human mind that uh, sometimes uh, acts irrational. So only a human, only a human can hunt down a human. So you take the human mind and put it into the body, which is much much more advanced and you get the perfect killers so everyone who disagrees with the society is dead because once they go after you nothing yeah. in the world will save you well that sounds um very brutal <laughs> yes <laughs> i guess i guess the only way to survive from what you mentioned earlier was to play on their compassionate side maybe no, befriend no. them? No, it's not going to work. No, no, no. That only works with Nephilim because she starts doubting. The others will ah. just laugh at you and then say, "Okay, run, <laughs> run." Very let's merciful. See. Yeah. Let's see how far you get. Run. Oh. And then they will stand there and sneer while you run away, sweating and scared, and then they will mm. kill you. So, yeah, so, no escape. Very, very hopeful. Uh, <laughs> Brave okay. new world. 
Right, <clears throat> we've got um, two more questions left. And they're kind of both connected, but they're both by different people. So we will see. And don't know if any of this is involved in your story, but we'll find out. So, um, writing through this, I guess is her name, uh, at Andrea uh, Hernaez. Um, how important is romance in your work in progress? Is it in the main plot, subplot, or is it non-existent? You go, go first. Or no, I, you, I, go go I go first. Um, okay, so I have a romance uh, in, in most of my books, but it's only a subplot because mm. I think it's, uh, for me personally, I think it's important that there are feelings and emotions and uh, the easiest way to create really big emotions is when you have uh, two people who love each other and something happens. So it's, a, it's always a good subplot in my opinion. Um, but personally, I could never write a romance novel. I, 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 I simply wouldn't know what to write because I'm not a very romantic person. And um, so... To be honest, um, the love story in Behind Blue Eyes was for me the most difficult to write. I mm. admire romance authors who can fill hundreds of pages with romance because for me it was tough work and it was the scenes that I had to uh, rework the most. So when it comes to action and so on, that's just no, no deal for me. But romance is tough, tough, tough. Mm. I feel the same in, about comedy, you know, and it People write really funny stuff, witty, funny stuff. And I love comedy. And I, I'm if if I can bounce off someone if they're funny. But for me to sit and try to write a character that's really funny, I find a little tricky. But you are that... funny. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm good to laugh at, I think. Um, so I think, you know, I, that's what I struggle with. But in terms of romance, um, although I'd say subplot in my story or the two stories that create the series... It is something that my character is, she's like a 19-year-old woman who's growing into herself or trying to find herself. And throughout that, there is almost every character, this is going to sound kind of bad now, whether it's um, a father figure, uh, you know, mother type figure or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, she is constantly looking for that love and support. So whether it's not direct romance or is direct romance, as the sequel may reveal, uh, quite a steamy romance that she is constantly oh. looking. Yeah, she's constantly looking for um, that romance, whether it's, you know, like I said, a parent, parental figure or someone just a guiding figure for her in, a, in her journey. So, yeah, very much romance in a dark place. Mm, no, that sounds good. I, I'd mm. like to add a question to this question. So how about okay. sex? How well, How is writing sex for you? Okay, we'll go jump on the next question. Oh, uh, you see, there we go. Sam Clover at Clover Erotica. How do you feel about se writing sexually charged scenes and sexual chemistry tension in your stories? So, if I'm going to answer that straight off the back of the last question. Um, I need a drink. <laughs> when I wrote the... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a panther writer or a panzer writer, as we you're discovered. A true, you're a true panther, yeah. <clears throat> true panzer. Um, so when I was writing the sequel, which is um, The Embers of Life, which is Daisy continuing her story, as I mentioned, she's finding herself throughout the whole story, whether that's how to survive or how to connect with someone. Or just There's just so many things that she has to battle with. One thing she always desired is companionship. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And it's an unlikely character that she. Like she falls in love with, and there is a scene in there that was quite graphic, um, and it wasn't hard to write at all. And I didn't think about, I didn't plot this, so it was kind of a surprise to miss even myself writing it. Um, but the only thing I found difficult about this <laughs> is knowing that perhaps my nephew could read it, and he's into the first book, and he's quite young. So those sort of things were kind, uh, I, I, you know, maybe a bit of an apprehension, but actually. Uh, it wasn't like a cheesy scene and it kind of fit really well in the story. So I'm I'm very happy with it. And I think the feedback so far has been fantastic for the majority of that book, including that scene. So, yeah. What about awesome. yourself? Sounds great. Well, um, I have um, I have a lot of sex in Behind Blue Eyes. Um, that's because... So for me, for me, it's I, I never write sex scenes or uh, violent scenes without a reason. I think it has to mm. be embedded in the story, not not just for for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. So um, the the society of uh, Olympias is a very a very uh, promiscuous uh, society. So they are very very unleashed. There are no real relationships. Uh, so you just have hookups and so on. That's that's how how the society has evolved into. Mm. So of course in this kind of society, uh, sex is a very important um, aspect for the whole story. And so I have a lot of it, but not not too too graphic. So yeah. I uh, I don't write like the erotica authors. I mm. but I also don't don't you know. Uh, um, fade away at the at the um, fireplace, you know, like like you know from old movies. So that also not. I think like a little bit of a middle ground, you know. So mm. describing that much that people can imagine what is exactly happening without <laughs> without have to, having to invent strange names for uh, uh, you know genitals. Mm. Do you know? I think I did a really good job of avoiding those specific <laughs> things, like. <laughs> It was quite graphic, but at the same time, it doesn't go into that world. And because that's something that kind of puts a lot of people off the way things yeah. are said or the words that are used. And and somehow I it was quite a brief ish scene. So somehow I managed to keep it quite streamlined, I think, although it is a bit more uh, or a little less imagination needed at times. But, you know, it's kind of I think it's done, I've done all right. Perhaps yeah. this is what I need to be getting into because they're the ones that sell money. Uh, you know, they're the books that sell. Yeah, right. I, I think I so too. I mean, I don't know why uh, people prefer those books to our books, but that's just how it is, right? Do you know what, so... uh, Sam Sam Clover? Thank you for the question because it, it's a great question. Um, even though we just took it off the internet and you probably didn't know about it at the time, um, but do you know what? I think. It's interesting to know because people who write erotica do sell, I think, on average, a lot more bo- uh, books than any other genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know, and please message me back if you do get this. Did you write that erotica book or start writing erotica because you knew that or did you do it because you wanted to write those sort of stories? I'd love to know the answer to that. Hmm. 
So that, I think, was a great range of questions from barbecues, sexual scenes and uh, being a famous author. Um, And I appreciate all of those questions. Yeah, very nice questions. Was there anything else, Anna, that you uh, wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Because... Again, you said your sequel. Is it your sequel that's coming out in September or is this a new story? Yes, yes. That's the sequel to Shadow City. So I haven't mm-hmm. talked about that one. Uh, I, I have two two series. One is uh, Behind Blue Eyes and mm-hmm. the other one is Shadow City, Tales of the Shadow City. And the second book uh, is coming out in September. And I'm very excited about it. It's, it's quite different to Behind mm-hmm. Blue Eyes, which is a cyberpunk story. This is more a post-apocalyptic story. Nice. And it's very dark, and um, but it's also funny. I've been told there was a character in there, and she, her name is Bombshell. She is quite funny, and so there's a little bit humor in the darkness. Mm. But I'm very excited about this book coming out, and um, I think for all the people who read the first book, I think that the second book uh, is better than the first one, and. Mm. Um, I'm I'm super thrilled that uh, it, it will be out soon, and then I will start uh, writing on the third one, which will finish the the trilogy. So this one is concepted as a classical trilogy. So there will be I already can tell there will be a horrible, horrible cliffhanger Ooh. at the end at the end of book two. Love it. So yes. the, the third book is it in production already? No, I first need to finish Behind Blue Eyes too. Okay, okay. But it is already. I'm a plotter. I'm not a cool cantor <laughs> like you. So I have already plotted it out completely, and I know exactly what will happen. I just need to to write it down. If it only were so fast, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's a, it's a, it is a long process. And one thing I will say to any new authors listening is one hundred percent. You might be feeling the need to rush this book and get it out there but when you think you're done if you're going down the route i did and doing it all yourself stop go back and check it again because the one thing that you have got is time the one thing you don't want is is to be thinking i should have spent more time on it um not suggesting that i did think that uh, but now with the i want to use my book as a marker at and, and a signal to every indie author out there that I'm not going to go back and change this book in three, five years, whatever it may be. If I've got, you know, a load of cash magically set in my bank, I'm not going to go and say, right, okay, I've got the time and the money now. I'm going to go back and get this book done properly. I'm leaving that there as a marker for myself to show how far I've come and and for you guys to say that, you know, you can do it that way without spending money and doing it all yourself, basically. So that's going to be staying that way. And I hope that someone finds, you know, confidence in that. Um, so take your time definitely take that's, your time that's a fantastic tip because I think a lot of people are rushing it I mean mm. bring out um, one book after another and then um, it, it really takes time I, I, I also su- suggest once you have the first draft leave it leave it be for, for maybe two months or something mm. and until you get back to it and then you will have a completely new perspective take your time and and love your Book. love it it's love hard it. though isn't it it's so hard when you when you take months over your first book it could be months it could be years for some people and then you think you know i'm, I'm close to finishing and you just think oh, just get it out just get it out but you're like no you need to stop there and someone said the other day it was a great tip that i think it was halo that mentioned you could even possibly change the font of the entire book and when you mm-hmm. go back to it you will see things that you didn't see before because you get so used to seeing that text over and over and over 
that you kind of miss things automatically and it's something weird that our brain does um so perhaps it's worth doing that i don't know i've never used that but it may be useful to somebody also another thing is so i think beta readers are really important um mm -hmm. you you should have them but it's not necessary that they are right and you are wrong about stuff. Mm. So you you always have to have to listen to to yourself and and what you, what your gut says about about your book about your story. Sometimes you are right and they are wrong. You know, even let's say you have four beta readers and three of them will say so this and this doesn't work, and one person will say oh that's so cool that's the best about the book. And then mm. you sit there and think, mm, what should I do? You always should listen to yourself and always listen inside you. Very often, especially when they, when, when they are uh, benevolent towards you, the um, beta readers are right. They will tell mm. you honestly if there is a problem, but sometimes there are not. So it's, <laughs> it's, all, <laughs> it's not necessarily that, that they know better than you do, because I just had this with, with a friend who said, oh, he was... He was a little bit uh, upset because of what beta readers said. And um, well, yeah. what I've got to think about and trying to, again, instill in myself, and I think this is great advice for you guys writing, that if I liked my story, which I really do like my story, I wrote it because I wanted to read that story. Other people will want to read what you want to read. So whether your book hits 100 people that really don't like your book, there's a hundred or 200 more that really do like your book. So just keep at it and just, you know, put it in the right places if you can. So just, just believe in it. Uh, if you believe in it, then someone else will. Fantastic. Cool. Fantastic advice. Yes, that's the best advice you can give. Excellent. Okay, we're going to wrap up. And it's been a genuine pleasure. And it always is having you on the show. And thank you so much for dressing your dogs up because that's very cool. Uh, <laughs> Batman is now Batman is now here. He's bored and uh, and 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 Wonder Woman stripped. Okay, so I don't, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she did it, but but the, the costume is gone. I, I don't fantastic. Know it, it must have been the, the talk of the sexual tension. Uh, <laughs> The yeah. question for the fan clover <laughs> when um, the woman became naughty thank you very yeah. much for inviting me chris i no as always i had a blast and uh, it was really a very interesting conversation oh, thank you very much and and again guys please uh the beer token book promotion go and buy one in, one on one by michael kelso on amazon again i'll leave the links below it it does look a fantastic book and it's got a fantastic review especially into the darker side of things uh so please go and check that out for us and we're looking for sponsors for uh, many many more shows shows to come so please check that out and look forward to friday and i'm going to get this name wrong again laura coyote uh, something like that it's really bad that i can't pronounce it and she is on the show friday she has been Holly in Hollywood for a long, long time. She's been in Django. She's been in Kill Bill. Uh, she's got five books out, I think. Very, wow. very worth checking out. Yeah, it's a great, great interview. And that's on Friday. And we won't be having um, the Moonlight Session show on Friday. That will drop the same time as the Friday night chat show because uh, Mr. Hooley is still moving. And, you know... <laughs> He, he's taking his where time where is he I, moving where is he I moving think, i think he's gone on holiday and just hasn't told me but he's still moving so he hasn't got internet back so until then we're kind of uh after the last week's mass uh you know we had nine shows on last week uh so after that we're taking our time this week we're gonna have indie wednesdays friday night chat show and we'll be back to normal next week and next friday on the day of my book release i am going to be interviewed on the show um which is very exciting in, in kind of a weird way. 
so if if you are interested in being the co-host with Mr. Hooley to interview me next week, please tweet the show. And do you know what? I'm sure we'll send a tweet out at some point doing some sort of competition. So look out for that. Um, and you could be sat in the hot seat with Mr. Hooley interviewing me and putting me on the spot next week, which I'm sure will be fabulous. So mm-hmm. um, and that's on the day of my book release. So it'll be very exciting. So please look out for that tweet. And thank you so much for tuning in, guys. And we'll see you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Shut